You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, June 26th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Patrick Murphy. A lot of recruiting to get into, Patrick. Then we'll get into other matters of business. But let's start with the recruiting dead period being extended an extra month. So now the recruiting dead period has been extended through August 31st. Not a big surprise, Patrick. But for the listeners that don't know what that means, you know, the coaches can still have electronic communication. They can still place phone calls with recruits. It just means there's no in-person recruiting. So coaches can't go out on the road to recruit in person, and you can't have official visits, and you can't have unofficial visits. So, again, Patrick, not a surprise, but, again, just the recruiting. Some people were hoping that maybe August some visits could happen. It's not going to happen until September at the earliest. Definitely not surprising given, you know, we've seen – spikes in in various states around the country of of coronavirus cases and and hospitalizations and whatnot so um this was to be expected and i i think we were all hoping that, that there would be positive signs and recruiting you know opening that up letting letting players visit letting in-person um communication happen would, would certainly be a positive sign but yeah, like I said, it's 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 not a not a surprise. Um, a little disappointing, but Ohio State is, has done a pretty good job when they haven't been able to have kids on campus or or go visit them this off season. Um, it's slowed a little bit right now, but the the Buckeyes have continued to to hold tight to the number one class and and increase their lead um, on that. So you know, it, it hasn't been a huge issue for Ohio State, but you would like to see it. Obviously, there's there's kids that would like to take their visits and you know, coaches that would like to get back on the road. So, you know, everyone's eager for that to happen. And that'll certainly be a sign that things are moving in the right direction, but we're just not quite there yet. That's right. And speaking of recruiting, the Buckeyes got a decommitment yesterday in their 2021 class. It's very interesting on many levels, a lot to unpack here. Devontae Smith, three-star corner from Cincinnati LaSalle, decommitted. And it's so interesting because what we're basically hearing is it was mutual. And as I like to say in breakups, I don't care if it's in recruiting or in romantic relationships, it's never mutual, in my opinion. Uh, Maybe there's exceptions to the rule. Sounds like Ohio State cooled on him. And it also, we know for sure that when he started looking elsewhere, Ohio State didn't try and keep him in the class. This isn't like when Jansen Dunn started looking at Oklahoma and they're like, okay, we want you. We really want you. We'll put the full court press on you. We want you, Jansen Dunn. They didn't do that. This is a kid from Cincinnati. Kerry Combs' backyard. Kerry Combs and the staff didn't really try and keep him in the class. Sounds like Ohio State's completely cooled on him, Patrick. What else is interesting is Alabama is now interested in him. So we could have a situation of a kid from Ohio who doesn't think he's good enough to play at Ohio State, but thinks he's good enough to play at Alabama. It's just like a parallel universe we're living in here, and I'm all for it. It is interesting. I think from from what I understand of the situation, you know, Ohio State has – some other defensive backs committed. They're obviously still recruiting cornerbacks in this class. 
Um, Kerry Combs is, is, you know, despite not being able to, to, to visit guys, as we just talked about working pretty hard to, to land some more cornerbacks. Um, and you know, this, th- that was unsettling, I guess. And, and you can understand that, you know, a, a three-star kid, obviously an in-state kid that Ohio state liked and, and thought he could, you know, be a, be a player here, but he sees the classes is starting to fill up at the position and there may be more guys on the way. So understandable from, from both perspectives, I guess. Um, you know, I've seen a couple people super concerned about this cornerback recruiting class. And, you know, I just, you know, I, I think you have to look at it as defensive backs. I know that they, they peg guys as cornerbacks or safeties, but we've seen those guys switch so much when they get to college, not just at Ohio State, but other places. And Ohio State's at a pretty good spot. You know, Jaquela Johnson, the four-star cornerback, Andre Turrentine, um, Denzel Burke, who will end up in, in the defensive backfield, and Jalen Johnson, a, a three-star athlete that – is, uh, is, is a teammate of uh, Smith's at, at LaSalle. So I, I've seen people kind of freaking out a little bit. And, and I think, you know, calm down. They, are already, they already have four defensive backs committed. They're, they're going for others that, uh, you know, they feel pretty good about, specifically Jordan Hancock, who is currently committed to Clemson. And it's certainly hard to get guys to flip from Clemson, but Ohio State likes their chances here. Obviously, they were in the running with Hancock here for a while now. So you know, I think it is an interesting situation. You don't often see a Ohio prospect, uh, you know, flip away from the Buckeyes. Um, but like you said, if, if, if this was a mutual thing, if Ohio State kind of had their eyes elsewhere and, and that made uh, Smith decide to, to also look elsewhere and somebody like Alabama gets in the mix, you know, you can understand kind of both, both perspectives there, I guess. Yeah, again, it speaks volumes to me that once Ohio State found out that he was looking elsewhere, they were like, okay, cool. You know, that's not a kid that you're wanting to keep in the class. They would obviously would have put the full court press on him if they wanted to keep him. Maybe, maybe I should say man press coverage if they wanted to keep well, him, but go ahead. Well, and I think real quick, just, you know, the Buckeyes, and I think this has been pretty evident since Ryan Day took over, you know, they, they obviously want guys that want to be at Ohio State and, and have a passion for that and whatnot. And obviously with, with having the number one class, you don't need to, to beg kids, you know. So if he was looking elsewhere, regardless of what the reason is, I can understand Ohio State, you know, saying, okay, you know, they, they, they're not like a Clemson that says you can't go visit elsewhere or whatnot. Um, so I, I can understand the perspective here from Ohio State of, you know, if, if you're not all in 100% on this class, like, like we, we believe many of the other guys are, then, you know, you want to look around, that's fine by us. But again, if they really wanted him, like Paris, yeah. Paris Johnson committed to Urban Meyer. Then when Urban retired, Ryan Day took over, and there was a lot of talk that Paris Johnson was looking elsewhere, and Ohio State was like, we want you so bad. Like, it wasn't like, well, okay, if you're not all in, we don't really want you. It was like, sure. we want you. But a little different when we're talking about the number one offensive tackle in the country, five-star player, number one player in Ohio, as opposed to a three-star corner. But still, I hear what you're saying. And, and you mentioned this earlier, Jordan Hancock committed to Clemson. It was basically down to Ohio State Clemson and maybe one other school. I think it was basically an Ohio State Clemson battle early, and he really liked Ohio State. Young man from Georgia picked Clemson. Now there's some smoke that Ohio State is back in it. You even had Jordan Hancock on Twitter. Maybe he's just trying to have some fun, Patrick. But for those who didn't see it, right when the like the, the Devonte Smith was decommitting news was starting to break on Twitter before Devonte Smith even announced it, you know Jordan Hancock very cryptically posted the wide eyes. On Twitter, immediately you have Travion Henderson, the five-star running back, the number one running back in the country, Ohio State commit, getting in on that. You know, they're having a little bit of dialogue with that. So you got a lot of people on the front row message board, Patrick, that are now 
I don't want to say confident, but maybe, you know, hopeful that the Buckeyes can flip Jordan Hancock, the number six corner in the country, very high four-star prospect, knocking on the door to be a five-star. But like you said, he's a kid from the South. He's committed to Clemson. Clemson does a great job of holding on to their recruits. So if I had to guess, you put a gun to my head. First of all, I'd be mad that you put a gun to my head, sir. I would say he's going to stay with Clemson, but it sounds like Ohio State has more than a puncher's chance here. I agree. I think that, you know, you, you have a, a player like that who, who had some interest and maybe you, you sense that there's a bit of uh, wavering. Um, and, and that doesn't mean he's going to flip, but, you know, you, if, you, if you have a chance to kind of try and get back in on, on a kid that talented, I think you certainly do. So, you know, it, it, that makes sense. But like we both said now, you know, we don't see many com- decommits from, from Clemson. And, uh, you know, it's just because of what a great job they do uh, down there in, in, in the Carolinas. So, you know, if, if Ohio State is, is going to go all in on, on Hancock, it's going to be a dogfight. And, you know, they've, they've gone head-to-head with Clemson before. So, you know, they'll be prepared. And, you know, obviously if this is the number one target to uh, try and replace that spot in the class, um, I, I think they'll be ready to fight for it. Yeah, nothing against Devontae Smith, but they would, they would take that trade if it was Jordan Hancock for Devontae Smith. Kerry Combs would be like, yeah, where do I sign up for that? Switching gears, Evan Pryor, the number two all-purpose back in the country, young man out of North Carolina, an Ohio State commitment. He posted on Twitter yesterday that he might not play his senior season at his high school. He said he's been the target of racism um, on social media. And he says if he doesn't, if that doesn't change, if there's not social change at his high school, he either won't play his senior season or he will transfer to another school and play there. Now, maybe it's a case where this is going to wake some people up down there if he's been dealing with things like that and things are going to change at his satisfaction. Obviously a touchy subject, but you know, if he feels like he's been the target of racism, I'm glad that he's speaking up and and doing what he can. You know, these athletes are learning that they have a lot more power than maybe they thought they did. You know, and if he sits out a senior season because of that, you know, I, I you know, I, I would stand by him. If he switches to another school, I would stand by him. Now hopefully we even have high school football. It's a you know, that's the elephant in the room. But um again, it's a touchy subject. I'm sure people are listening to the show that are pissed we're even talking about it. But you know, it's interesting. You have an Ohio State recruit. I don't think I've ever seen this before. Who is saying, of course, we're living in unprecedented times on many levels, Patrick, but I don't think I've ever seen an Ohio State recruit say, hey, I might not play my senior season of high school, especially for this reason. So hopefully everything gets ironed out there, but an interesting topic to say the least. Your thoughts on that? I think, as you said, these are unprecedented times and we're seeing, you know, athletes and and celebrities and and things like that kind of take things into their own hands, maybe more than than we ever have. Um, Now from, from what Bill Curlick wrote uh today this morning i believe it was it sounds like you know he's he's not prior's not the only one he's talked to some of his teammates um it's happened multiple times and they've talked with the coaching staff about it and they want to see change and you know i think that, that, that they have every right to to demand that you know i don't know specifics of of what's happened or you know what he's faced but i don't think it necessarily matters i think if he feels like he's being racially discriminated against at that school then, uh, you know, putting pressure on, on the school because he has a, a way to do that being a, you know, prized football player there. And, and obviously that's important um, to, to, you know, the school. You know, if, if, if you want to keep me here, if you want me to play this season, let's, let's do something about this. And if, if him and multiple of his teammates are all on the same page and they've all experienced the same thing, then, uh, you know, I, I, I see no reason why that's, 
you know, a, a huge issue. I think, um, you know, hopefully it gets resolved and he's able to, you know, stay at the same school and, and play his high school season, like you said, assuming it happens. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you're, you're going to see more of this until there's change um, for, for these black athletes. And, um, you know, it's, it's the only way that I think they can get, you know, their message across is, is to use their kind of abilities to, you know, uh, speak out and, and, and hold people accountable. Evan Pryor, I'm sure you're listening to this show. If you do end up transferring schools, you might as well just come to Ohio. Uh, Hilliard Bradley has a very good football program here in the school district I live in. And if you're going to be going to Ohio State anyway. Might as well get a head start and just sure that'll be very easy for his family just to up and move to Columbus. But if that's in the cards, Hilliard Bradley would love to have you, Evan Pryor. All right, let's get into some freshman quarterbacks at Ohio State. It still is amazing to me that the Buckeyes signed two excellent quarterbacks in this 2020 class with C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller. Jack Miller was like the five-star early, then he dropped to a four-star. C.J. Stroud was like a three-star, moves up to a four-star Patrick, then he's a five-star. And you're thinking, are they really both going to sign on this class? Yeah, they did. And, I, you know, are both guys going to be at Ohio State for four or five years? Probably not. One of them is probably going to transfer. But the bottom line is, great job by Ryan Day. And, you know, these guys – one of these guys could be the starting quarterback next year in 2021. In fact, I'm on record saying I think C.J. Stroud will be the starting quarterback 2021, and I like Jack Miller a lot. I like his film. Durability has been his problem. Not toughness, but durability. As you know, you've, you wrote stories this week on both C.J. Stroud and Jack Miller. Just your thoughts on both of these young men. How do you think this is going to – if you look into the future, you had to predict right now, how do you think this is going to pan out? I do think it's remarkable that they were able to, to land both these guys. Obviously this was a position of need given the lack of depth, quality depth at the position last year, which we talked about a lot behind Justin Fields. Um, what's remarkable to me about both these guys is the fact that they don't seem to fear the competition at all. When we talked to them in, in February, um, you know, both guys said they're, they've already become good friends. You know, they're, they're going to lunch together. They're hanging out a lot outside of, of the facility and, you know, they're, they're willing to compete with anybody. You know, they knew they were coming to Ohio State where they were going to have to compete. So that's the first thing. Um, you know, I, I think that's good news for, for Buckeye fans everywhere. And looking forward, you know, it's, it's tough to say. I, I really like Jack Miller. I do. And like you said, the, the biggest thing has been the, the durability and the injuries. If he can get past that, I think this is a legit quarterback competition that, you know, we'll, we'll see some of hopefully in fall camp. As, as they try and contend with Gunnar Hoke for, for the backup job. And then, you know, obviously moving forward, we assume Justin Fields leaves after his, his junior season contending for the starter. So I think CJ Stroud, just because of, of what he's done lately, probably has a bit of an upper leg in most people's minds, but you know, they, they were, and I know you wrote about this earlier in, in uh, the spring, you know, they were set to start that quarterback battle now and, they didn't get that opportunity because of, of, of the, you know, end of spring practice so early. So certainly missed reps there. Um, I don't think that'll set either of them back in terms of their career down the line, but you know, if I'm looking in you know, crystal ball, like you said, I think CJ Stroud is probably the more likely just, you know, because of the injuries with Jack Miller, but if he stays healthy, it's, it's, it's close. You know, I, I think both guys are very talented and they proved that with what they did in high school. And, and, you know, I think the Stroud story is, is pretty remarkable. He was, uh, you know, just over a year ago, he was outside of the top 800 in the, the 247 rankings. 
and you know had had a very good junior season now he didn't start before his junior year at his has high school in Rancho Cucamonga um but you know had a good junior season but still wasn't on anyone's radar and then you know skyrockets up with uh winning the elite 11 MVP the opening MVP and then has a monster senior season and, and, and Ohio state got involved with him right before the opening. That's when they first made contact. And, you know, it's, it's a pretty crazy story. You don't, you just don't see that that often that a kid jumps that fast or that high, that fast. So, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how he goes. You know, both guys seem to be hungry. Both guys seem to have a bit of a chip on their shoulder for very different reasons. Jack Miller, because he dropped because no one's, you know, thinks he can do it because of the injury and, and CJ Stroud, because he's been doubted for quite a while. So, you know, not only do I think Ohio State has two talented quarterbacks going forward, but they, they've got guys that want, have something to prove, which you always like to see. Last thing on the show here. This is a topic I think you and I mildly disagree on. Um, you have a lot of schools across the country that they're not releasing the names of players that get the coronavirus, but at Clemson, they're releasing the numbers. You know, at the University of Houston, they're releasing the numbers. Kansas State, we could go on and on. Alabama seems like most schools are releasing the number of players. Ohio State has decided, A, we're of course not going to give you the names, and B, we're not going to tell you if there's zero or 100 or somewhere in between. They're just not releasing the numbers of players that get coronavirus. So there could be, in fact, I imagine with them testing the players like they are, I'm sure there's Ohio State players right now that have tested positive, but they are not going to release that to the public. I don't have a problem with that, but I know you do. Explain. I just think, and I don't know if I would call it a problem, but I think if there's one thing that I disagree with, with what Ryan Day's done and, and you know, there, there's not many, and this may be the only thing. This, this is the only thing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, was, I mean, it's hard to argue with what he's done, but right. with the way they've, they've handled the injuries, you know, and, and obviously for us, we would like to know injuries we're, we're, we were used to getting some information on that from urban and, and previous coaches. And, and, you know, we see it in other sports, and I think this stems from, from that is, is they don't release injury reports. You know, we just get unavailable or game time decision. We don't get any information. They don't, coaches don't talk about it. And so I think this falls in line with that, but I think it's a different scenario because, you know, we're, we're dealing with, with something unprecedented here. And I think, you know, not that people deserve to know by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think it's, it's information that's pertinent in the sense that, you know, if, if you've done a good job of, of handling it and that doesn't matter, you know, however many players test positive when they arrive, you know, that, that was out of Ohio state's control. These kids were at home, but you know, if, if you're seeing an, an increase in numbers, once they're at Ohio state or a decrease in numbers, which is, which is what you want to see, you, you can, you can say, Hey, this program is doing a good job. This program's not, here's where, you know, here's what this program's doing. And maybe they're sharing that information internally. I don't know, but I think when, when you're hearing coaches come on, um, you know, ESPN or, or various other things and, and openly talking about this play, programs releasing it, I think it looks strange for Ohio State not to do it. You know, it, I don't know if they're hiding anything. I, I doubt they probably are. They're just following the protocol that they have. But when, when, when it's become such an openly discussed thing, um, despite what Ezekiel Elliott might think, um, you know, I, I just think it would, it would behoove Ohio State to not look like you know, maybe there's something to hide here. And, you know, maybe the flip side of that is, and, you know, this may be what you're about to say, but, you know, they, they don't want to have to deal with, with that. Um, I don't know. I just think it would, it would, you know, if you say, hey, we, we had three cases, but they're being quarantined, we've taken care of it or whatever the number is, 
you know, I, I think that, that then people know and, and then you're able to move on from it as opposed to qu- getting constant questions about it, which is, has happened. I do wonder if a big reason why Ohio State is doing this, in addition to they're, they're just tight-lipped, as you mentioned, about injuries and anything to deal with health in general, is they don't want stories out there like, I know I fell victim to this over the weekend. I, I saw the um, Clemson had 23 players test positive and my heart sank. I'm like, oh man, I don't know if we're going to have a college football season. You see stories like that and you think deeper. You think, well, it's good that they're actually getting it now and not getting it in August. Um, I wonder if Ohio State doesn't, let's say they had 15 players test positive. I wonder if Ohio State doesn't want it out there because then all of a sudden you got people like me thinking, oh crap, you got 15 players test positive. How is there going to be a college football season? Let's just keep that in-house so there's not everybody out there freaking out and going crazy because they read stories like Clemson had 23 players test positive. Ohio State had 15. I get it. I, I just I hear what you're saying too. I just don't have a problem at all with what Ohio State's doing here. Yeah, and I understand both sides of it. I, I really do. I just think, you know, to to play devil's advocate on that, like I said before, if if you're not giving out the numbers, what are you hiding? Is is a question that can be asked. And that doesn't mean they are or anything like that. So um but I do agree. I think it stems from, from their policy. And, you know, if, if Ryan Day is going to be a stickler with that, which in his first season he very much was, um, you know, then, then, then I guess it makes sense to stick with it. I just think this is a little bit of a different situation. You're not gaining any advantage by, by knowing this. They're not playing games right now. Um, you know, I mean, coaches even acknowledged in this offseason that Master Teague had an Achilles injury. Maybe that was accidental. But, you know, I think, I think when you're, when you're not playing games, there's, there's a little bit more reason to divulge that kind of information. And, uh, you know, this, this, you know, I don't know. I just think it, it would make sense to give it out just for nothing more than, than everyone else's. And, and you don't want to look like there's something strange here. I do wonder real quick, last thing about this, if the NCAA or the big 10, or there'll be some type of, even if it's just a gentleman's agreement that you don't have to release names, but during the season, if maybe teams will be required to announce, hey, we have X amount of guys that have the coronavirus. Maybe not. I, it'd be hard for the NCAA to really mandate that. But I wonder if that, if Ohio State's stance will change once the season starts. They're not going to give out names, to be clear. Do you think there's any chance their stance will change? Or they'll say, yeah, we got five guys this week that tested positive. It might have to because, you know, whether it's the NCAA or not, you know, if you have guys that test positive, they're going to be out for two weeks. I mean, based on how, how we're handling, you know, quarantining and whatnot now. So, you know, I mean, it'll be pretty apparent, I think pretty quickly if, you know, a we're at interviews and you don't see a guy for, you know, multiple interview sessions or, you know, if, if he's clearly ruled out for two, I think you'll be able to tell, um, you know, what, what, what the situation is. And I don't know if the NCAA, you assume we're going to have interview sessions this year. Huh? I guess that's, I guess hey, that's a valid hey, point. Hey, sign me up for that. I want, I want our interview sessions back. That, that would be a good sign. If we have interview sessions, things are going to be good in the fall. Go yeah, ahead. I'm absolutely. sorry. No, I, that, that was it. I think, I just think it'll be fairly apparent if you have four or five guys that missed two games. Okay. Those guys probably tested positive, you know, like I, you know, right. I think it'll be obvious. So why not just divulge the information at that point? And, and then you know that those kids had it and, and you probably feel better about them going forward. Yeah, Justin Fields is fine. We just st- decided to start Gunner Hoke uh, against <laughs> Illinois and Michigan. Um, he's fine now. He, he, he's good to go. We just we wanted to give Gunner Hoke a chance there. Great stuff out of Patrick Murphy. Thank you very much, Patrick. And thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. I appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend. Let's have that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land.
It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leading corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.